Genesis 4, 7, it says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. This is the New Living Translation. You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching by the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. Everybody say subdue it. You must subdue it and be its master. How many want that for your life tonight? How many want that for your life tonight? I'm here to preach to you tonight about checking the door. I feel like that's what God has for us tonight, to check the door. Amen. Let's pray and ask God to be with us tonight. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for the presence that we already feel in this place, God. We thank you for the presence that we feel in this house right now, God. We know that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, God. Lord, and I pray that you would do that tonight. Amen. I pray that you would do that tonight. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. How many remember a time where you left all of your doors unlocked. I remember that time. Amen. I remember the time when we left all of our doors unlocked, our vehicles were unlocked, our house doors were unlocked, and we slept like babies. Amen. We slept like there was not a care in the world, like there was nothing going on. But I also remember that when things started getting worse in the world, I remember my dad installing more locks on the doors. Amen. And, and it became a habit of making sure and checking to make sure that the door was locked because as the world began to progress, so did the evil that was coming from the world. Amen. There were more dangers that were coming from the world. And, and my dad, he, he wasn't in church, but he, he knew God and, and he was able, able to perceive the threats that, that were out there. Amen. And I remember he would always yell at us and tell us to make sure he'd yell at us from upstairs and tell the kids to go make sure that the doors were locked. And I don't know why he was asking me because I was not very reliable. <laughs> Amen. I was not very reliable. And we had to make sure at all times when he did tell us to come lock, go lock the doors that uh, we, made it, we made sure that it was done because he was going to come check. Amen. He was going to come check. And... That's really indicative of where our world is going. Amen. That's really indicative of where our world is headed today. We live in a world that sin is abounding. Amen. What is good is called bad, and what is bad is called good. Amen. I said what is sin is called good, and it's required that we tolerate it. Amen. And what is of God is becoming intolerant in their eyes. 
Amen. That's the world that we're living in today. When we look at this verse of Scripture, this verse of Scripture comes from uh, the story of Cain and Abel. Amen. In Scripture. And to really get, before we get to that point, I want to go back to Genesis 3. And I want to just talk about the generation before Cain and Abel. Amen. The generation before it got to the point where Cain and Abel were offering up their sacrifice. Amen. I want to go to Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Amen. And it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord hath made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, Ye shall not eat of even of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing evil and good. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that is, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and even a tree that was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband, and with her he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together for coverings for themselves. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. I don't want to ever want to hide myself from the presence of God. Amen. Hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden, and the Lord God called Adam to Adam and said, Where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman who, gave, who you gave to me, she gave me the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is, what is it that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. I feel like I'm here tonight to offer a warning that there is an enemy that is still after our soul. The world is doing its best to minimize what the enemy is capable of doing in our lives. Amen. The world is reducing the concept and the mindset of what he is capable of doing in our lives. And I just want to just be a voice today to tell you to make sure that the door is shut. Amen. To make sure the door is shut. The world is pushing us away from God. The enemy is pushing us away from God, wanting us to partake of the things of the world and wanting us to leave the door open for sin. Amen. If it's just cracked, it's okay. That's what the world tells us. Amen. Maybe just shut the door, but don't lock it. Amen. That's what the world is telling us. Genesis 3.1 says that the serpent is more subtle than all the beasts of the field which the Lord made. And the first point I want to bring to you today is don't be deceived by the devil. Don't be deceived by the enemy in this last hour. Amen. We have an enemy that is after our souls. We have an enemy that is after our children. We have an enemy that is after our family. Amen. We have an enemy that is after our lives and every aspect of our lives. We cannot forget that. At no point can we ever forget and think, you know what? 
I'm doing all right right now. Devil's not messing with me. Amen. We can't get to that point because we have to be honest with ourselves. Amen. And we have to be wise and we have to be vigilant. 1 Peter 5 8 says that. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Amen. And the way that I've learned that the enemy kind of works in our lives, amen, because Genesis 3 calls him as a subtle serpent. And then you see later on in 1 Peter, you see that he's a roaring lion. And I've witnessed and I've experienced the enemy both ways in my life. Amen. I've witnessed the enemy both ways in my life where there seems to be absolute calamity going on around me. And there's things that seem like they are just falling in around me. Amen. The world is just blaring in. It's in my face. Everything is going wrong. Has anybody ever been there before? Amen. And then I've been in those places where, you know what, I feel like I'm doing okay. I may feel like I'm going along okay, but then you have that just that subtle, it says he's a subtle serpent. And you hear those whispers and, and you hear those things that are, that are coming from that door that you had shut, amen. Those temptations that come up. The enemy is smart. He knows how to tempt us. He knows that we have the door left open. If we indeed have that door left open. He knows that if we have walked away from something, but we've somehow still kept ourselves attached to that thing. He's still got a lifeline there. Amen. He's still got some power there. Because we still have our hand on that door. Amen. We still have our hand in that thing that we've walked away from. Scripture says that we have to be sober, amen. We have to be vigilant in our lives when we're dealing with the enemy, amen. We have to come to a point in our lives where we realize that he knows us pretty good. We have to come to a point in our life and we have to realize that he is cunning and he is after us, but you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he is in this world, amen. We have to come to a point where we stop entertaining the enemy, where we stop cracking that door open and saying, you know what, I, I, I don't know if I can quite walk away from this yet. Amen? We can't entertain the enemy and his ways. Temptation, it puts our desires at our reach. Amen? That's all the devil can do. He can just put it at our reach. He puts our desires at our, at our reach, and if we're not careful and we don't have that door shut to those things, then we're fooling ourselves to think that we're able to resist it. Amen? The next point I want to make, when we talk about Adam and Eve, we talk, I read the story, I read the, the, the scriptures, and many of us know about Adam and Eve, but we know that... The serpent deceived Eve, told her that God was lying about this tree and that they would be like 
as of God and all of these things if they partake, partook of it. And so she took it, she ate it, and she gave it to her husband. Amen. And the second thing that I want us to know and to look out for and be diligent about is that we have to make sure that we're not deceived by others. We have to make sure that others don't convince us to open that door back up that God shut a long time ago. I said we have to make sure that the door that God walked through into our heart and shut behind him We've got to make sure that we're not going back and we're not allowing somebody to convince us to open that back up. Amen? We kid ourselves if we think that who we are around doesn't really matter. We kid ourselves if we think that our circle really doesn't matter. More than that, we kid ourselves if we think that our circle doesn't matter when our kids are watching. How different does my circle look Monday through Friday than it does on a Sunday? Our kids are going to know those things. Our kids are going to see those things. Amen? Eve convinced Adam to eat of this fruit, and I'm sure that there was probably a conversation about that. I mean, the the Bible doesn't tell us about this conversation, but I'm sure that Adam didn't just say, okay, yeah, just give that to me and I'll eat it, no problem, because I'm sure Adam had made himself aware of what that fruit looked like, because they weren't even supposed to touch it. So I'm sure he had made himself aware of what that fruit looked like, and so I'm sure there was a conversation about him partaking of this fruit as well. Amen. And this world, the old saying, misery loves company. Everybody heard that saying? I promise you that misery loves company and this world is wanting to pull you down because it can't stand what you stand for. It can't stand what you stand for because the conviction of God is strong. Amen. And when you walk in the room, they feel that. They think, ooh, something, something's different about them. And I, I know I've heard Bishop talk about this before, but has anybody ever made bets about you and your walk with God? Amen. I've been in circles before where they've made monetary bets of who was going to get me to cuss first or who was going to get me to take the first drink of alcohol or whatever it was. Amen. Those circles matter. You may think, well, Brother Mike's not dumb enough to take a drink of alcohol. But let me tell you something. There's some generational stuff that I'm fighting in my life. There's some generational stuff that I have buried in the name of Jesus that my kids will never know about. And I am not going to put myself in a situation that that door might be opened back up in my life. Amen. Because I've got somebody that I'm fighting for. Amen. I said I've got somebody I'm fighting for. I'm not going to let somebody else deceive me. I'm not going to let somebody else tell me, you know what? Here, take of this. 
Somebody told me, I know that they told you that it would do this or that it would ruin your life or, or that if you did these things that, that it would be so much worse for you. But let me tell you how good this is. You want to know why they're saying that? Because they are in doubt and despair living with addiction, and they don't want to come to a place where they say, you know what, my life is in shambles. Amen? Don't let somebody convince you that this world is greater than God or anything that this world can offer you will ever top what God has for you. Amen? Romans 16, 17 through 18 says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. How many knows there are people that we have to avoid? For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. I'm here to tell you today that not everyone is out for your good. Not everyone is out for your best interest. I want you to hear that today. You may have a best friend at work, and if you do, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, but they may not have the best interest out for you. Amen? They may not have what God wants for you in their mind. Not everyone who says they are for you are for you. Beware of those who divide. I said beware of those who divide. What are they separating you from? Amen? Beware of those who cause offense. What are they trying to take you from? What are they trying to make you mad about? Have you ever had anybody make you mad about something? I have. Sister Kelly's with me. I said, have you ever had anybody make you mad about something? I've had somebody make me mad about something. I ain't even in that something. I'm just mad because they're mad. Amen. And they convinced me to be mad with them. You better be careful about those people. And I hope, Pastor, I hope this is okay. But you better be careful about those people. You better be careful about those people that speak against the authority of God in your life. You better be careful about those people that speak about the spiritual authority in your life. I said that speak about the spiritual authority in your life. That mess about, did you hear pastor say this or did you hear pastor do that? That's the enemy. I said, that's the enemy trying to pull you away. Trying to create something in you. Trying to divide. The Bible says avoid them. You better not be placating with that. You better not be allowing that to take space in your life. Because I promise you, it'll be like an evil root and it'll take you over. Amen. Be careful that others don't deceive you. 
be careful that others aren't back there with the pry bar trying to pry that door back open. I said that be, be careful that somebody's not picking up malintent and division and trying to pry that door open in your life. And, and I'm sorry if it feels a little stretched or far-fetched, but I, I just feel like God is telling us to make sure that door is shut. Amen. Make sure that door is shut in our lives. The last point I want to make tonight is don't deceive yourself. I said, don't deceive yourself. Like I said earlier, that temptation, the enemy, he puts things at our reach. You know, I can't do anything about the billboards that are out there. I can't do anything about the things that I see in stores, and I can't do anything about all of those things that are around me. I can't do anything about those things. And so he puts those things in our reach, those temptations, amen? He puts those things where... I have to decide to do them. Amen? The devil don't make us do anything. The devil has never made Michael Turner do anything in Michael Turner's life. He may have put things in my path and my flesh decided to do them, but we give him too much power. Amen? We come in here and we're like, man, the devil's been after me all week. You wouldn't believe what he's made me do this week. You wouldn't believe the things that he's made me do this week. Genesis never said that that serpent went up and got that fruit and shoved it down each throat. Amen? He just tempted Eve with that fruit. Adam and Eve, and it, I'm going to take a drink before I say this. It wasn't Eve's fault that Adam ate the fruit. I said it wasn't Eve's fault that Adam ate the fruit. He made that decision. Young people, if you ever have a boy come up and say, well, it's Eve's fault, just send them my way, right? Because Adam made that decision. Amen? We make the decisions about what happens in our lives. We make the decisions of whether we're going to open that door and partake of what the world has for us or we're going to seal that dude shut. Amen. That's us. That's nobody else. Amen. And we've got to make sure that we're not deceiving ourselves and we're not going and, and saying, you know what, I, I feel like God wants to do something in my life, but you know what, I just don't know if I can let go of what I walked away from. I just don't know if I have the power to walk away from those things, so I'm just going to leave that door unlocked. Amen? We have to avoid lying to ourselves. We have to avoid lying to ourselves about where we truly are with God because that's a dangerous game. I don't know who we think we're fooling because we're not fooling God. Amen? Your salvation is too precious. Life is too short for us to try to walk in anywhere and try to convince somebody else that we're doing fine when we're not. Amen. Instead of coming into a place or coming to a place with God and throwing our hands up and saying, God, I am a dirty sinner, Lord. 
God, I've opened things. I've opened things up in my life, and I've opened up doors that you've shut and that you've delivered me from, and I've opened them back up, God. Forgive me. It's dangerous to do anything but that. Brother Bowman, he was one of our professors in, at, at Bible college, and he used to say, he used to quote Amos 5 and 14, and it says, do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. And Brother Bowman would take it a step farther, and he would say, some don't run, some crawl away and hope that it catches up. Some crack the door and hope that the door opens back up. 1 John 1, 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Two verses down says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. God designed us to have an independent free will. That was his plan. But you see, we have to make some decisions in our lives. Step number one is being honest with ourselves. Step one is being honest with ourselves and truly evaluating where we are in God. Amen? We have to be honest about where we are. We have to make the decision to come to a place of not only salvation. Amen? God draws us, but we come to that place. Not only do we have to come to a place of salvation, but we have to make a decision to come to a place of relationship with him. We have to be honest with where we are. We have to be honest with who we are. We have to be honest about what we've been. And I'm not interested in knowing who we've been. You can give that to God, and that's the only thing that you've got to do. You can lay it at an altar, and it doesn't matter. It's covered in his blood. Amen? But we have to make the decision to lay it down. It's up to us, it's up to, us to make sure that we are where we need to be in Christ. And it has to be intentional. Sometimes it means living our life differently. Sometimes it means that electronics are in a different room. Bishop's been saying that for years. Amen. I grieve for our world because of the access that's out there these days. I grieve for the world that my children are growing up in, knowing and seeing what I see on a daily basis. I grieve for the world. And we can't lie to ourselves and say, you know what, that could never affect me. We can't lie to ourselves and say, you know what, this movie may have a little bit of this or a little bit of that, but you know what, I, I know better. I'm only taking, you know, I'm only taking this or this show or, or this place that I'm going to. It may be doing this over here, but I'm not partaking in that, so it's okay. We have to be honest with ourselves. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying around us. We have to listen to the Holy Ghost that's living in us. And if the Holy Ghost is convicting us, then we better listen. 
Amen. I said if God is in us and, and, and we feel that check and we like you, oh, I don't know what that is right now, but let me just kind of let me just kind of listen and see what's going on or see what's happening. Or, or if I look over at my kids and they look a little uncomfortable, I'm like, what is the, what's going on over there? And how fast can I get out of here? Amen. Because it's important. We can't lie to ourselves and say, you know what, that stuff will never affect me. Because no one ever, there wasn't a five-year-old somewhere that said, you know what, I can't wait to grow up and be a drug addict. You'll never walk up to somebody on the street and they'll say, you know what, this is the life that I dreamed of myself, for myself. Going hungry every night just looking for the next high. Or conversely, I have to hide things in my life so nobody else knows about them. And how exhausting that is to put that facade up. Amen. If you go to that person that's dealing with something and you ask them, you know what, did you want this? Is this something that you grew up and you thought, man, that's what I want? They're going to be like, no, because there is a weight that is around my shoulders and my neck. That is crushing me. But saints of God. If we could just get real with ourselves. If we could just get real for real. Sister Natalie. Amen. For real for real. If we could just get real with ourselves. And we could realize. What power. Dwells in us. And we could be honest about where we're at. We could be honest about what might be holding us back. What could God do? I'm talking to a group of people right now that we need to be running up and we need to throw our shoulders on that door. And we need to say, you know what, I don't care what, sounds, what it sounds like on the other side of this door. I don't care if this door is getting hot and my shoulder doesn't feel like it can take it anymore. I don't care what's being whispered through the door on the other side. I don't care who is in my life saying, you know what, you've been holding up that door for a long time. You've been making sure that door's been shut for a long time. Don't you think you can take a break? Do you need all that Jesus stuff in your life? Do you need all that? Do you have to do all that? We need to be somebody that we've got our door against, our shoulder against that door. Because we've got our children in mind. And some of your children may be grown, and I don't know what that looks like, but you know what? They need you in a place that you can pray for them. So you better make sure that you've got your shoulder on that door too. Amen? The scripture that I read about sin crouching at the door was about Cain and Abel. This was one generation past Adam and Eve and the fall. And this was after Cain had offered his sacrifice and it wasn't sufficient to God. And Cain was so mad. He said he was wroth. He was so mad. 
that it wasn't acceptable. Couldn't believe it. Amen. That anger was so strong. And God told him, you will be accepted if you do what is right. God told him, all you have to do is what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Because sin is crouching at the door. God is calling a people... That can stand up and subdue, subdue the enemy. That can stand up and subdue sin in their lives. That can stand up and subdue what the enemy would try to put in, st- in front of us to cause us to stumble and to fall. But we've got to make sure that we're holding that door shut. We've got to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to ensure that when the enemy comes our way, we say, get thee behind me. Amen. I've got God's army. I said, I have heaven's army. Amen. You're defeated. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what you have to offer me. It's under the blood. It's left at the altar. Amen. And then we have to make sure that we check our relationships. Amen. And then we have to make sure that we're honest with ourselves. Can we stand this morning in closing? I want to make one last point, and I want that point to be that I never said one time that we need to be afraid of the enemy. I said that we needed to be aware of his ploys and his tricks and what he's capable in our lives, but we don't have to be afraid of him. I think some of us give the enemy too much power, but God's already, God's already taken care of that, Amen. I said, when we're filled with his Holy Spirit, we have power to tread on him. Amen. I said, we have power to tread on him in our lives. We have power to say, you know what, devil? You've came too late to tell me that God is not able. But we have to be real with ourselves this morning, tonight, whenever it is. It's VBS week. Amen. For real, for real. I believe that we had some kids down here this this morning that they were trying to figure out what was right in their life. They had never experienced, some of them had never experienced any of this. We don't know what they came from. We don't know if they've eaten this weekend. Well, we do because we fed them a VBS, but that might be it. There's a time in our lives that that's all we know 
is just, you know what? I know God has something for me. And I want that. And I, and I feel something different. There's a time when we're at that stage. But as we progress in the ways of God and the things of God, it's more about where am I at, God? God, can you search me? God, can you search me and can you make sure that I'm being honest with myself? Can you search me, God, and can you tell me, Lord, if there's somebody that I need to just say, you know what, I love you and I'm going to pray for you, but I can't be around you anymore. It's that important, guys. The price is too great to allow the enemy to deceive you into thinking are deceiving yourselves into thinking that you're okay. We need to get our shoulder against that door, brothers and sisters, for the sake of our families and our children and those around us. And we need to make sure that we're holding it tight. So as we go into altar service tonight, I I would just ask that you would just do those things. That you would just ask God, God, if there's anything in me, Lord. I said, if there's anything in me, God, that shouldn't be there, Lord. Maybe I've lied to myself and said that it's okay that it's there. Maybe the enemy that has told me that it's okay there or somebody that has told me that it's okay being there. But God, search me. Lord, because my only desire is to lay everything that's not of you, God, at an altar to shut the door on that and to walk away from it forever, God. Can we make that prayer today? Can we find a place to pray right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just cleanse me, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just clean me, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Search my heart today, God. Lord, search who I am.